0: Have you ever wondered what questions to ask your financial advisor or why those questions are so crucial? Well, in today's episode, we're going to tackle exactly that. We're discussing the vital questions that bring transparency and depth to your financial advisory relationship. It's about getting clarity on how advisors work, what they specialize in, and how they align with your financial goals. These are the questions you must ask your financial advisor.
1: Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Welcome in
0: to Perfect Game Retirement. Glad to have you. I'm Ben George, along with Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach at Black Oak Asset Management. Ryan, how are you today?
1: Yeah, doing well. Um, again, just kicking off, uh, kicking off the new year, trying to, trying to hold it and hold it in the road, and and having a good 20, 2024.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I don't think anybody's getting off to a better start than uh, Otani. I know we talk a little bit of baseball here with your background, but <laughs> I not uh, the seven hundred million is what it is, right? Obviously, not a contract the Braves were going to try to compete with but i'm more curious about the deferred money what you think about that from a from a a, your with your background and your perspective as a Mm -hmm. as a financial professional what do you think about him delaying that much money 68 million of the 70 per
1: year yeah um when i first started seeing those stories come out i'm like is that for real is that so it just shows what other money he has coming in from endorsement deals i mean that I mean, he is – it's amazing. and I can't remember the exact studies in, in, uh, on, like, when he is playing and hitting or pitching or whatever, like, the number – the percentage of households in Japan that are tuned in and, and watching. I mean, it is just it, – it's amazing. So, yeah, that number is stupid, 700 million, but – the, the Dodgers knew what they were doing. There was only a few could, that could, quote-unquote, afford that, even if it's long-term deferred money. They're going to make that money back. I mean, the, the price of tickets I've already seen has been just skyrocketing just to get into that stadium to, mm-hmm. to watch them play. So – it's it's a long-term it's a long-term play um i mean that's pretty cool that he i guess he did that i would love to know the real details of of how that works um from a delayed we you know our previous episode was a delayed gratification well i guess otani is living by it but he's got other he's got other money coming in so don't feel don't feel sorry for him like he's this you know sacrificing a a whole lot he's he's still going to get his and he's getting his now too Oh, yeah, I
0: can't imagine the endorsement money on top of all that. I thought what was interesting about it is, and I don't, and I don't know all the tax rules out there and I'm sure you probably don't in California, but we know that their taxes are higher out there, right? So yeah. a lot of the conversation was that, you know, when, when he's done with his contract and he moves and takes all that deferral payment, he can pay taxes on wherever he lives. So he could potentially move somewhere where the tax rates are much, much lower and save a lot of money.
1: Yeah, he will save a ton of money because it's, I mean, I think I saw numbers that were kind of being spit out that I mean he's he's either right at fifty percent or over uh, of what he would actually have to pay on that seventy million uh, per year, and again does not include endorsement deals. But yeah, he can he can up and move and, and be somewhere else and, and yeah be in a much 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 lower tax bracket than the than the wonderful state of California. Um, <laughs> i just I, there's people i think they're the them or new them and new york i think are the only negative growth states i think i saw a study mm-hmm. on that because uh, people respond to being being taxed to death and yeah. it's like okay it's just too expensive and i'm i'm, I'm out of here so otani he had some good people in his his corner and, and i'm sure he's got a financial advisor otani if you don't give us a call <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway he, he's uh he, he, they knew what he was they, what they were doing his his yeah. team, if you will,
0: yeah, no question well, he's he's gonna be sitting pretty nice, and so will his uh, a few generations behind him, I'm sure <laughs> as well. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our conversation today. You know, if you need somebody to help manage your money and help you build a financial plan, you might not have 700 million to try to organize (laughs) and build towards. But no matter what you have, it's always better off to have a plan in place to help you reach whatever goals you have for retirement. So today, we're gonna talk about the questions you need to ask a financial advisor, because I think that's the biggest thing, Ryan, is you when you're looking for someone, oftentimes, you just don't really know what to ask them or what to look for, do you?
1: You don't, and it can be somewhat of an intimidating process. Um, again, all the stuff that I read and, and, and listen to, it's some people compare going to see a financial advisor, especially when you don't know. But going to see a financial advisor is like going to the doctor. I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, is it that bad? is it that <laughs> nerve wracking? Um, so just having some questions uh, ready to go uh, when you do. And these are questions you should ask. And I ask, sometimes I talk. To, when i talk to people on the phone i'll ask them these, some of these questions um and, and, and a lot of times they just don't know i'm like this is your money it's it's not the advisors it's not mine obviously we're you know want to protect that money and do what's right by the client but it's still not our money so you need to you need to ask these questions and there's nothing wrong with asking these questions
0: All right. So again, these questions today, not necessarily looking for your answers. You're welcome to share how you would answer these, Ryan, but we want to really explain why you want to ask these questions and what you're trying to look for. So let's start with the the one that uh, a lot of people are probably wondering about right up front is how do you get paid?
1: Yes, that's that there's nothing wrong. And sometimes when I talk to people on the phone, I'll even say, you must be wondering how we get paid. (laughs) I'm like, you gotta, you gotta ask, you gotta wonder uh, how you, how you get paid. So yeah, are are they are they fee only? Are they fee based? And and for those of you out there who don't know the difference between the two, fee only is where you only charge fees. That's it. Uh, there's no commissions, nothing zero. Um, fee based, and that's what we are. We are fee based, where most of our revenue is just an assets under management fee or a planning fee that we charge. Um, but we do. We do Medicare plans for our retired clients who are over the age of 60, 65 or over. We do um, life insurance for our clients. Again, we don't just sling life insurance around, but if people need it with our existing clientele, yeah, we're we're going we're gonna to help them with that so they don't have to go out to someone else to do that. So occasionally we'll do an annuity here or there if it's a, it's a right fit, because uh, there's so many different types of annuities. But if it's a right fit for what people are trying to accomplish, we'll do that long-term care those pay commissions those come from the carrier straight to us so we are mostly fee-based but we can't call ourselves fee only so ask them that ask them if they only earn a commission because there's financial advisors who are commission-based they sell um, commission-based mutual funds and just ask them that ask them how you get paid on that do you get paid on trades you know there's so many different things that was kind of the old way is when you trade the account you get you earn commissions on that well ask them that ask them if they do get paid for stuff like that so you being aware and, and say where do i see your fee coming out if you are fee-based or fee only where do i see that where do i see that on a statement and it should be listed on there in, in, in full transparency
0: all right here's the next question you need to ask a financial advisor what's your what does your typical client look like so what are we trying to get out of this
1: ryan yeah you just want to know if a, if a advisor or advisory firm works with a specific group of people uh, whether that is occupation-based age-based faith-based you know it it just depends so you you have so many different advisors who who kind of niche into a circuit certain market and you want to know those things i mean or, or is this an advisory firm that only works with younger younger um clients whether they're millennials or you know, earlier in the generation, X uh, generation. So you, you want to know what, who you are talking to and what their point of emphasis is. So asking what the typical client looks like, what's your average client age? Those are questions you should ask.
0: All right, we'll continue on here. If you want to ask Ryan any of these questions, again, a reminder, you can log on blackoakam.com and schedule your Retirement Coach 360 session. All right, what is your investment philosophy? Why is this one important?
1: Yeah, because, yeah, there's so many different different types. And again, being a, a Dave Ramsey, Smart Bester Pro Advisors, there, there are people that still ask. Um, we should have a, a very sense of uh, diversification, you know, staying in the market, not jumping in and out. I mean, that's kind of a general thing that we talk about. We are not day traders. Do we look for opportunities when it see fit? Yes, but we are not buying something in the morning and then watching it, watching it, and then selling it later in the day. That's just not what we do. However, there are firms that do that and maybe they do very well at that. That's, that is fine, that is not what we do. So if you're looking for day trading opportunities, don't, don't call us. Uh, so knowing what their philosophy is on those things, making sure it lines up with what you believe in. Now I know they're the expert in, in, in doing asset allocation, diversification, trades, all that, but ask them what their philosophy is and make sure it aligns with yours. All
0: right, let's continue on. Um, do you have a particular strength or specialty? So maybe you can explain some of the specialties people might have.
1: Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to that niche market. Maybe they only work with certain groups of people. Um, I mean, when I first started out, my main book of business was working with educators. That's the world I came from. So knowing their pension, knowing their benefits, knowing what they can do outside of that, that was kind of get what got me my start. I uh, still work with a lot of teachers today. We have another advisor here that's, um, he's a retired superintendent in, of, of schools and in a, in a county nearby. And that's who he's gonna focus on. He's gonna focus on principals, superintendents, because again, he knows that system very well and how the pension system works. He's been through it, uh, so he can educate people on that. So um, kind of know him if they have a particular strength, again, recently me getting my, uh, my CFP designation, I mean, that makes, that that we've always kind of been comprehensive planners but people are now looking for that so like oh okay you kind of take everything that we're doing and then give us a plan and help us out with that yep that's just that's easier to communicate some people have no clue what a cfp is that's fine (laughs) but some people are really specifically looking for that
0: is everyone going to have an answer for that in terms of a specialty
1: they should yeah they should um if they don't then you got to wonder okay who am i working with how long have they been in the business just because they haven't been in the business very long doesn't make them unqualified it just means hey are you just taking anybody on right now and then eventually i'm just going to be a number uh type of thing so a- asking that in, in you know asking if they have minimums some some companies have minimums uh, we do not um, I'm, I'm pretty open and candid with that but um it's got to be a personality fit, and people want and need help. Those are essentially our two requirements. If you got a lot of money and you're paying the butt, and you feel like you can do this on your own, not a fit. We we will not we will not take you. If it's someone just starting out and they're like, and they say, "Look, I really need your help. I, I like what you had to say on your website, or on your bio, or whatever it may be, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but I need help." Okay. I mean, everybody's at different stages, so we'll we'll help that person out. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, and probably a reminder too: if if somebody doesn't have an answer to one of these questions, it might, might also be a red flag yep. as well. All right, here's the next one: here, uh, how much contact do you have with your clients, and how often should we meet in person or have a conversation on the phone?
1: Yeah, we've gotten tons better. You know, when you're when you're in growth mode, sometimes you you sometimes overlook who you have underneath you, um, as far as the clients that you already have, because you're you're looking for growth, growth, we're always talking about growth mode, being growth mode. But we have a system now built out the last few years where it, it it basically on our CRM software has all of our clients in there. And I mean, I'm looking at it right now and I have a list of nine tasks to do today and I got different clients that I need to reach out to. So that's a specific reach out. Uh, we communicate weekly. I do a video email on Friday mornings and just talk about anything, family, markets, end-of-year planning, tax season, whatever it may be. So I just like doing that. That's another point of contact. Obviously, these podcasts help out too, because there's plenty of clients that do listen to it as well. But you should have a system that is built in um, to how often you do reach out to, to clients, and it should be consistent, and it shouldn't they shouldn't have to read it. Now, I tell people, we have an online calendar that's posted 24-7. So if anybody In between those times that we reach out to people, if you need to grab fifteen or thirty minutes on the phone with me, go to my calendar. Boom, it's right there. It's on our website. Request a a meeting or a phone call, and then I'll approve it. And then boom, it's on my calendar. So we're always an open book when it comes to that.
0: All right, very good. Well, you know that education is important to Ryan. Just by listening to this podcast, it's the goal of every show we do is to help educate you further. But you know, a question that you should be asking a financial advisor is: Do you provide educational resources?
1: Yeah, ask them. I mean, this this is one of the coolest things I've I've done is doing this podcast. Is I mean, we we've, we've been doing it for a few years now, but just starting out, it's kind of like, oh gosh, what, what do I? How do I even go about doing this? And it, it was probably the easiest phone call I've ever did was <laughs> to to start to set this up. But I enjoy doing it. Um, and again, it's not just clients that listen to it; it's it's random people if they find us. But doing videos, I do YouTube videos as well. I try to educate people. We just started doing those, uh, so hopefully have a, a decent YouTube following. Not that I'm going to retire from my job and be a YouTuber. I'm not going to do that. But I, I just being a former teacher, I like I like supplying that uh, education component to it, in um, even in in-person meetings, I sit there. and I got a big white board in my conference room and i love getting on that thing and uh, w- one of the cool things that i do is is draw up there right up there and then at the end of the meeting I, I have people hey can i take a picture of that real quick i mean i love hearing that because mm-hmm. they, they want to remember what i put up there
0: yeah those educational resources are so important and you know mm-hmm. really just show that the person and the advisor is really passionate about what they do and obviously knowledgeable but just shows that passion that the ability to kind of give back and support um even if you're not working with them necessarily so that's good and Mm -hmm. also a good reminder too to check out the youtube channel if you haven't done that as well the black oak am youtube channel a lot of good stuff there uh and and more to come as well so subscribe on that too if you haven't already Mm -hmm. all right a couple more questions you need to ask your financial advisor what happens if there's an emergency with my finances and you're not available
1: so yeah this one i love i mean back when when i first took over the firm it was it was me and a a a person i was a, a staffer it was just me and her. I was it. Uh, so we didn't have a good answer for that. Um, not that just a solo advisor and one staff person is not a good thing. You, you, there's plenty of people, advisors out there who run a good shop. Uh, but they need to have that plan of, okay, what if we're unavailable? But now we have several advisors. And so uh, I try to have meetings where we're doing joint meetings. So it's like, hey, if I'm not available, this person is. Here's, here's a... Here's Andrea that works up front. If you need help, she can basically help you with anything except for specific financially related questions because, again, people, some aren't licensed to do that. So you can't do that. But um, so we take that approach. If I'm out of town or I'm gone, something happens to me. Hey, here's the other four advisors that we do have and you can speak with them. So we want to take that a team approach. So it's 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 OK to ask that question if, if, you're, if you're unavailable, what do I do? All right, one last
0: question you'll want to ask your financial advisor. Will I be working with you, someone on your team, or both?
1: Yeah, and that's different for every firm, too. It doesn't make it right or wrong. Sometimes there is a main advisor who may meet on the front end, and then you get moved, if you will, to a junior advisor, a junior associate, or whatever it may be. So that just needs to be clear. And if that's how the process and that's what they do, uh, okay, um, that's that's fine. I tell people the same thing that, hey, you're you're getting a few of us here. Um, yes, I'm probably the one of the main points of contact in, in the beginning and I continue to meet with people, but there's other great advisors here that can help out as well. So just, just ask that. And I've had pl- plenty of people that come on the Ramsey, come through the Ramsey website and ask, okay, well, I'm talking to you today, or am I going to be working with you or not? Yeah. And that's just where you need to be honest with them and, and say, oh, yeah, you, you are. or Yeah, it's 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 me, but then also other people on my staff as well.
0: All right, good stuff. Hopefully this helps you if you're in the market for an advisor or, you know, have an advisor that you, you know, started working with and maybe want to just kind of run some of these questions by them that you haven't ever asked before. Hopefully this gives you a little bit of guidance. And if you want to sit down and, and learn more about Ryan's process at Black Oak Asset Management and and how he can help you build your financial plan. You can always log on blackoakam.com or call 470-508-0508. All right. You're getting to know your question this week, Ryan. Uh, If you had the ability to time travel, we all would
1: love that uh,
0: power. But if you could, when and where would you choose to go?
1: So the the history nerd uh, comes out at me. (laughs) When I when I see this question, um, I would go back to the American Revolution. <laughs> so mm. weird and random, but I just find that time period of history just fascinating. Um, with the people who were around, what was going on in our country? Now it probably was not the most luxurious lifestyle that we are used to, um, and all the conveniences that we have in life today. I get that, and I mean, average, there's no telling what the average age was back then. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> want to know, but. I just think I mean anything I see on the history channel or movies that are focused on that era, man, I'll watch all day long. I just it's it's weird. I have all these history channel videos of the American Revolution. <laughs> Kinda of sad and weird. But uh, if I had to go back in time, that would that would probably be in that way I would know kind of what historical events happened. I would love to be like at those moments when they when they actually happened. Mm-hmm. So nerdy I know, but that's that's when I would go back in time.
0: Obviously, the the birth of a nation and um, yeah. it's such a such a big important time in, in history. But yeah, that'd be would be pretty cool. There are some pretty uh, some really good movies out there about that, and mm-hmm. you might have to reach out for some documentary requests if <laughs> as well. So, uh, I was just thinking about that because there's a good World War II documentary on Netflix that just came out. Um, oh yeah, I saw that too, so yep. it's supposed to be that's probably
1: good. my second favorite World War II. Yeah, the American Revolution and World War II. I mean. I could watch marathons of Saving Private Ryan. Um, oh, yeah. Just no. over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again. Band of Brothers, oh, unbelievable series. Great. If no one's watched that, oh, it's my gosh, impact. it is awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, let's close out today's episode by getting a question. And this one came in from Ben, who is in Buckhead. Uh, and as a business owner, Ryan, I think it's a good one. i curious to get your perspective on this. He says, I own my own business and probably reinvest too much into the business instead of saving for my own retirement. How much do you think I should be saving every year?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, because I'm guilty. I I was guilty of this uh, for the first few years. You just keep pouring it back in, and and whatever line of business you are in, Ben, um, you do feel like that's your greatest asset, and it it probably is. Um, But is that asset, can it be sold one day? So if you keep pouring that money back in, there's nothing wrong with that. Again, kind of (laughs) what I mentioned before, We're guilty of just growth mode all the time. Got to grow, got to grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. You know, we get brainwashed of that sometimes. But, you know, you probably do get to a point where those first few years, and then there's so many statistics that show, like, you know, small businesses, I can't remember the percentage, but a very large percentage is out of business within the first five years. So that's kind of my, and and I've been the owner now, Black Oak's been around since 2009, but um, I came on board in 13 and then I took over in 17, middle of the year is 17. So I, I kind of feel like um, we want to continue to grow and expand, but we want to do it calculated, not just, you know, exponentially just to survive, <laughs> But you, you do kind of get to a point, Ben, that you, you feel, okay, I, I can see the growth, I can see the infrastructure that we have put in, and now I got to start putting back for myself. So I'm, I'm being intentional about that. And this is really, uh, you know, I paid the book of business off the debt on that. Uh, bought a new office. Uh, so now I am focused on saving for retirement and I've been intentional about that this year. So there's no exact science, Ben. Um, I, would, I would focus on getting that infrastructure built and kind of getting to a point where, okay, I, I've spent a ton of money. I got to be intentional, keep putting money back in the business, but I got to be intentional for myself because what if my business is not sellable one day? And I'm guilty of that because I look and say, "Okay, well, I can sell my practice, my firm, one day, and you know, get two X or three X or one and a half X or whatever it may be, whatever multiple you're looking at." And and again, our industry constantly changes. Who knows? It may not have that value. And what? I have no idea how long I'm going to work. Hopefully, Hmm. I'll work for a long time as long as the good Lord keeps a brain in my head. But. Um, I, I can see me doing this I, I just I would get bored uh, I would uh, if I didn't do anything I would get way way, way bored so be intentional by yourself Ben. there's no exact science to it but it, it depending on how long you've been in the business you've got to be intentional to say for yourself
0: Yeah, great question I know it's a, something a lot of business owners struggle with and you work with a lot of business owners too Ryan right if, if mm-hmm. somebody wants to come in and sit down and actually go through this with you
1: yep exactly yeah we have a lot of small business owners and you know, it's it's easy to see the next thing or the next flashy toy or you know next flashy software or whatever it may be. But uh, and again, I'm I'm right there with it. We're doing a huge audit internally uh, with stuff like that, so uh, it's important. But yes, if you need to sit down as a business owner, that's that's what we do.
0: Again, you can get in touch with Ryan and the team at Black Oak at BlackOakAM.com. Schedule your retirement coach 360 session online there or call 470-508-0508. Obviously, education is important for Ryan. So please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And also check out the Black Oak YouTube channel as well. Subscribe there. A lot of great content. Some smaller, shorter videos that really address some some key planning items and topics that come up quite a bit at Black Oak. So should be helpful and valuable to you
1: as well there.
0: All right, Ryan, as always, enjoy the time spent today and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Perfect Game Retirement for Ryan Ledden over at Black Oak Asset Management. I'm Ben George. Have a good week.
1: The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement.